You are listening to the Salvation Army Disaster Radio, covering all things related to emergency management, disaster services, and the Salvation Army. Welcome to episode number six in our ICS and Decagon series. Christy, good to see you today. Good to be here. I'm glad you're here. I mean, I was a little worried. I saw you in the hallway, and you looked rough. I mean, like you were having a really bad day. Really? Yeah, I can see the stress in your face. Your eyes are all puffy. Your hair is a mess. <laughs> You've got to admit, frankly, you're not at your best. Let's put it that way. Tell you what, you tell me what's bothering you, and I'll fix the problem. I'm great at it. Try me. Jeff, that's not what I want to hear today. No, 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 no. I want the whole world to hear how good I am at this. And whatever it is, it's probably not that bad. I've probably been there myself. And uh, so, come on, spill the beans. Jeff, really, really, back, back off. It's not that bad. Jeff. You don't know how bad it is, and I doubt you've been there before. And furthermore, the last thing I want to hear today is that my eyes are puffy. So if you don't want to look at me, then just let's do the recording, you looking in the other direction. Uh, you've just set me up for this podcast, which is all about emotional, spiritual care and the best way to do it. Aren't we clever? Yes. And you either played along great or you failed miserably because there were a lot of statements you made that were completely insensitive and that you should never say on a disaster site, by the way. That's not the first time people have called me insensitive. So some of those were what? Like, uh, you look horrible? Yes. Uh, puffy eyes, bedhead, you know, bad mood? Yes. Jeff, it's not oh, funny. Sorry. <laughs> Our mission with the Salvation Army is to alleviate suffering in those that are hurting. Yeah, all joking aside, this is actually one of the most serious podcasts in the Hendecagon series because it's the place where we can really help people or inadvertently and with the best intentions, we can really do some damage, uh, offend people, or really mess them up emotionally. Yeah, everything we do is a form of pastoral care. It's the motive behind all of our services during disaster response. So if we're emotionally insensitive in any way, it's far worse than even giving out a cup of lukewarm coffee or having folks stand in line an extra few minutes. We are there to listen so that hopefully after talking with us, people feel as if they can get through their day. I'm glad you brought that up because there is a term in emergency management called psychological first aid. And it's a good descriptor because it basically means we're a Band-Aid for people, no more, no less. Um, if, if the Band-Aid or our listening and talking with them isn't enough, if they need more than first aid, then we need to refer them to professional help, um, which we can hopefully direct them to. And that leads me to one of our best practices for an emotional and spiritual caregiver. Don't unpack what you can't put back. And this is what we mean. There are severely hurting people on the disaster site. And I know for emotional and spiritual caregivers, it's tempting to want to fix the hurt, but it's irresponsible to allow someone to unpack deep emotions when I won't be there to ensure an entire healing process. What I should do is provide hope and then direct that person to a professional who will be there consistently for the individual as long as he or she needs the help. We should mention that there are some trained individuals in our cadre who have mastered advanced crisis intervention. But unless you've been through that high level of training, and even so, in most cases, you are still listening, providing prayer if wanted, and then pointing people to professional help if they need it. Good point. Another best practice is to avoid proselytizing. Now, when we talk about proselytizing, that's really when somebody comes into a crisis situation, like a disaster, when a person is vulnerable and really chooses that instant to exploit the individual in order to force a conversion. For example, somebody's just lost their house, really struggling with why this has all happened, and suddenly it's all about, you know what, if you'll just accept Christ, 
things will become a lot better. And that's really the wrong moment to have that conversation. Uh, it's far better to be a more gentle, caring soul, listening to what is said. And if that leads naturally to progression, even years down the road towards some profession of faith, that's much more appropriate. And Jeff, you said the word listen, and that leads us to our third best practice. We've mentioned it several times already in the podcast, but just to reiterate, the best skill you have as an emotional and spiritual caregiver is the ability to listen. 85% of the care we give in this realm is listening, and we call this ministry of presence. Good point, Christy. Now let's talk some pitfalls. This is a segment where we received a lot of positive feedback from our listeners. It's just as valuable to know what not to do than to know what to do. So I'll take the first one since I did so well at the beginning of the podcast. You want to avoid pat answers. Like? I know how you feel. You just need to move on. As Christians, we need to show the joy of the Lord your loved one is in a better place, and my personal favorite, I've been in worse situations. This could have been much worse. You'll get on with it. So some alternatives are, you are not alone in this. God is with you in this dark time, or how can I help you? And even it's okay for others to be hopeful for you until you have the strength to hope again. Most of these statements acknowledge that the survivor is going through an intensely hard time, and it helps him know that his feelings are valid and they're normal. Much better. Here's a pitfall. You are assigned as an emotional and spiritual caregiver, and let's say you are assigned to ride along with a canteen and talk to and listen to people while they are receiving meals. If the canteen crew needs help getting set up, Don't be afraid to roll up your sleeves and pitch in. Just because your primary role is to talk to survivors, feeding them is also taking care of their needs. And if the crew can use your help for a few minutes, it's important to get the people you'll be ministering to fed. My last pitfall, and it's more operational than spiritual, I would say, is the lack of a comprehensive emotional and spiritual care program as part of the incident command team. And this is a big one. Yeah, absolutely, you need ESC workers out talking to survivors. But a good emotional and spiritual care officer is the leader of that team. They handle a lot of the administrata as well to make sure that there are some emotional and spiritual caregivers working on canteens, some in the shelter, some in the service center. They plan out their day for them. And at the end of the day, they conduct debriefings with those workers to see, you know, not only how are they doing as emotional and spiritual care providers, but also what are the trends that they're hearing out in the field? Is anxiety going up or is it going down? And then there's also my personal pet peeve. We have these strong emotional and spiritual caregivers on site, and we do all this great ministry to folks who are in the disaster area and rescue workers, but sometimes we forget to take care of our own people. If you see crisis in the incident command team, you know, where the canteen workers are really ticked off at the canteen coordinator because they just don't feel like they're being treated correctly— That's where the emotional and spiritual care officer should step in, diffuse that tension, and as much as possible, try and rebuild that level of trust and that relationship uh, between the two parties. I think there's a balance between having a great organized program and then when you're in, in the field, just being ready for anything. Absolutely. You know, Christy, I guess I want to leave with um, 
one final thought, and that's not never to underestimate the power of emotional and spiritual care. Um, I was at 9-11, and one of the stories I heard there was a, of a young Salvation Army officer who all they were doing was hauling drinks around. And as he was walking past the pit area at Ground Zero, a firefighter said to him, hey, you, you're a pastor. You come with me. And the guy didn't know what he was getting into. He thought he was in trouble. And when he showed up on site, these firefighters would gather around a body that they had just uncovered of a fallen uh, comrade. And the firefighter said to him, you're a pastor. Give this person last rites. And the Salvation Army said, I'm not a Catholic priest. I really can't do that. And the firefighter said to him, um, don't worry about it, um, even if you don't get it right. This isn't as much for him. It's for us so that we can go on and keep going. That story and the thought behind it brings us to a scripture. It's Philippians 2, 3, and 4. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Thank you for listening to Disaster Radio. We welcome your questions or comments. Send us an email at disasterradio at uss.salvationarmy.org. And remember, it's easy to support the Salvation Army. To donate time, money, or materials, go to www.salvationarmyusa.org or simply call 1-800-SAL-ARMY.